Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. You are listening to the Satellite Sisters. We started our summer splash, so we're recording on Friday. Those other sisters are at their jobs, aren't they, Julie? But we aren't. <laughs> We are. We. I think we're part of that large, gainfully unemployed group, Leanne. You know, permanently unemployed, yeah. semi-employed, sort of employed. I know. As I said to someone today, I work every day. I just don't have an income. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. All right. Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. My sister, Julie Dolan, is in Dallas, Texas. Thank you for your patience while we revamped SatelliteSisters.com. Julie, what do you think of the new website? How it's, do you like it's it? It's amazing. It's clean. It's classy. It's easy to use. I mean, all the it's just brighter, sharper, uh, with less stuff on it. But yet it's there's more stuff for you, too. Don't it's, you think? Exactly. We wanted to make the listening experience as easy as possible. Because what we've discovered after years and years is most people come to our website to listen to the show. Not, Julie, unbelievably not to read our bios. I don't understand why. But um, so I know it's my feelings, Lane. <laughs> So it's true, but we wanted to put the player front and center. So now if you are one of the many people that just listen to the show right at the website, you can do that right from the homepage. If you click on listen to the shows, it will take you right to our Libsyn page. That's our syndicator. And so you don't have to click through two or three shows and all the shows are archived there by years and if we were able to put show descriptions with them, they are all there. And then, of course, there's the Stitcher radio feature. You can click through to Stitcher if you're not a Stitcher listener yet and you want to check that out. That's a free app, so you can take the Satellite Sisters and the Chaos Chronicles podcast with you. You might want to check out Stitcher radio because people who have tried Stitcher have really enjoyed Stitcher. I, and- I think our comments on that, it's very user-friendly. Right. Um, and I love it that it's right up front, front on our website. Yes. So it's right up on top, on a banner. You and actually, we moved it to the side. <laughs> you did? We did. Okay. We, we had to make the call. Yeah. Refresh my button there because I was up on top. All right. Well, anyway. Yeah, refresh your button, Julie. Every That's a good refresh your button because we did have it up on top originally. And then we said, wait a minute. We can't see us. So we wanted us on top. So the Stitcher ad is on the left-hand side. Everything's on the left. The blog's right there. The player's right on the homepage. So thanks to Emily Tellez, who's been working hard behind the scenes, uh, helping us redo our website. But um, So that's what we were doing over the holiday weekend. We're also doing some other things over the holiday weekend, weren't we, Jill? We were. In fact, I was out in L.A., Leanne, as you know, and I know, I know many of our satellite sisters know that we are we're working on long-term care for our mother and father, specifically from our fa- for our father. He suffers from Alzheimer's, and we have now reached a point where he has in-home care, but we know that he is going to need more care. He's going to need to be in a facility because right now our mom does most of it with the help of nursing care, and she's 85. And yeah. Leanne, it's, you know, it's too much. It's too much. And She this- does it by choice, though. 
I would yes. like to just say that I, you know, because I think there are probably people out there. I know my hairdresser is going through the same thing, Julie, where they would like their parents to have more care, but their parents would like less care. So that is its own sort of tricky situation. It is. So one of the, so I've been out in LA um, and Lee and you, you were involved in this too. We were, um, we've, you know, uh, like a lot of people, we have used a, a variety of sources to find <laughs> some facilities. You know, my mom is, our mom is in an Alzheimer's group and that's been an excellent source of facilities. We've, you know, used elder care counselors. We have scoured the websites. We have, we have tried to and use friends, family, friends of fam, you know, family, whatever, to, to identify places that uh, memory care units in particular that would be a good fit for what my dad needs and what our family needs as well. So we were, I, I kind of liken it, Lee, into kind of college tours, only in reverse. <laughs> you got to laugh about something. Yes, yes, you do. Because otherwise you would just cry full time uh, because it is very, very, it's very sad. It's very emotional, but you really want to, ins- we want to ensure that our parents, both of them, individually get the best care that they can and um and so we've been going on these kind of college tours where like the first day it was mom and dad and me in a car and we're driving to the campus of a facility that had a memory care unit you know you park and visitor parking it's it's like it's a lot like college and then we were there with some other families to go on a tour okay again we, you know, they said, we're walking, we're walking, we went into the facility. You kind of see the room, which is, you know, they look a lot like dorm rooms. They're sort right, of right. rooms or semi-private rooms. I mean, obviously, the bathrooms have, you know, a lot more bars. And a- <laughs> you know, the college kids could probably use some of those bars, too, in the bathrooms. <laughs> For holding on. Yeah, they yeah. might it might help, you know, and then we had an opportunity to eat lunch in the cafeteria. Again, a nice thing that you, that you always do. And then, but then we had, um, we had the interviews, um, Leanne and, um, you know, the facilities always want to meet the uh, potential patient. They want to talk to that person to really kind of assess, um, the level of Alzheimer's that they might have, um, you know, and as well to talk to the family about what, you know, where the family family support is, you know, what the family dynamic is. So, you know, those are, you know, like the college interview, it's a little nerve wracking because they wanted to interview dad by himself. And so a lot of times, you you know, you just don't know what dad is going to say, right? right? Sometimes he can't find the words to say, right? Sometimes, you know, many, many times now he can't many, many times he can't find that many times he does not know the, you know, really most of the time now he doesn't know the answer to very simple questions like what day it is it you know who's the president of the United States and i would say that most of these facilities that we looked at they're incredibly sensitive to that because even though my dad our dad has alzheimers you know you can still see sometimes the embarrassment or the discomfort at least when he doesn't know the answer right something that he used to know the answer to, you know, um, Lee and you and I, that, you know, we were, we were in one interview and, you know, they, um, the, the head of the nursing care asked our dad what your name was and what my name was. And, uh, you know, he, he, he just couldn't come up with it. Um, but it's not that he didn't know that, you know, you were his daughter, that I was his daughter. He just, he just 
doesn't have that anymore. So, you know, you know, so they are heartbreaking interviews. But he knew. But then they asked him, do you like dogs, Mr. Dolan? And he said right away, I do not like dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sometimes. (laughs) The truth came out. It's like a truth serum. We had a dog growing up. He was never particularly fond of that dog. I've never really seen him interact with my dog. Does not like dogs, apparently, our father. (laughs) So so he really wasn't too interested in the therapy dog program (laughs) at that facility. Not at all. You know, and then other times we were in an interview um, and they were asking, you know, Mr. Dolan, what are some of your activities? And we were kind of helping because, again, he has a lot of difficulty articulating these days. We were saying, well, you know, dad likes to listen to music and he likes to watch baseball. And, you know, and dad really wasn't able to say anything. But then he sort of turned and looked right at the nurse and very clearly and emphatically said, well, of course, I like to fly my plane every week. And, and our dad is our dad is not a pilot. Our dad does not have to fly. Um, and, you know, my mom was like, mom was just, she was sort of dumbfounded. I was a little dumbfounded. The nurse just wrote it down. She, uh, I don't know. I don't know what she was thinking. You know, someone with full-blown Alzheimer's would be fine. But, you know, it is just, um, you know, it's the course of the disease. It is some, it, sometimes it's just, it's kind of crazy like that. Right. Usually, usually it's breaking your heart, but occasionally it's very crazy like that. And something like that comes out. And where that came from, I don't know, Leanne. Because but... he's never flown a plane. No, he... Not, he has no experience flying planes. No, no, none, none whatsoever <laughs> has no idea. So, but he, you know, he said it so clearly. It was like, oh, okay. So oh, good. I hope they put him in the aeronautical unit then. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, you know, so, but it is so the, you know, these experience, I mean, the facilities, they're trying to find people that, you know, where they can, you know, they're trying to assess dad to make sure that they can provide him with the level of care he needs. And, you know, we're trying to assess whether or not, you know, this would be a good place for dad if he would, you know, if we could actually see him there. So one of the places we visited, Liz, Leanne, you came along on the college tour. Yes, I liked it. I liked the free parking. I liked the meatballs or the spaghetti with meat sauce for lunch. The yes. jello. I haven't had jello as a salad in a while. I know, Leanne, we went, we went to lunch and uh, they were serving spaghetti and meatballs. And Leanne, Leanne and I, both Weight Watchers devotees, we haven't been eating a lot of spaghetti and meatballs lately, have we, Leanne? No, we have not. So we were psyched for that lunch. Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, but as well, you know, they, they like to show you the whole facility and then they talk a little bit about the schedule. I know that, you know, at the second facility when we went to visit, Leanne, you were fascinated with the schedule for the patients every day. (laughs) Well, I was, I was just interested to see on the selected activities that they were offering volleyball. As I looked around, not too many of the people look like they could really spike at this stage. (laughs) A lot of people are in walkers. They're, they're, you know, um, average age uh, certainly is well into the eighties. So yeah, it was going to be interesting to see how they were going to field a volleyball team. 
<laughs> so, but I was glad, like, the idea of, like, people sitting in their rooms all day watching TV, no. Like, they got yep. them up, they got them out, they came to the common area. This was a Catholic facility, so they had daily mass. And if you couldn't actually get to the lovely chapel, they had it on closed-circuit TV in the memory ward. There was an outdoor area. Uh, you know, it really, and then they had happy hour at 3.30 in the afternoon, <laughs> which is when I like to have happy hour, Julie. So, that, that works for my schedule. Yeah. And, you know, both places that we looked at, you know, what is really amazing are the professionals that work with yes. the elderly. I mean, that really, when you see the level of skill, the level of patience, the tremendous goodwill, good humor, the respect that they show all the patients, it you know, it's humbling because... I, I don't know that I could do that as a job, and um, and I'm just very very grateful that there are people like that that have that that's their chosen profession, and that they you know you can see that they like their job, they like working with the patients, and you know they're you know they are giving people who are really struggling right. a great deal of dignity. You right. know that you know that. That is something. So yeah, my mother said, uh, she said, didn't you think the place was sad or wasn't that sad today? And I said, you know, the disease is sad, but the place was not sad. Yeah. You know, they, they were treating all the patients with a tremendous amount of respect. And all those patients were like our father that, you know, at one point they had rich, full lives and that just the disease has taken them to a place where that's not possible anymore. So it's hard to, you have to remember that when you look into their faces and they look a little blank or something, but, you know, not so long ago, they were probably the center of attention at a family party. So I know it was, uh, was, I'm glad you came out, Julie. Oh, a decision is imminent and and now we're working on our mother. (laughs) We've submitted our application. We're still waiting to hear. (laughs) We're still waiting to hear. But I really, Leanne, I'm so glad we were doing we're doing this together, and it was like a big help um, the day that you came and that we looked at that facility because it is these it's exhausting to do that. I right. know mom and dad, and and I know I was exhausted after doing this, but you know it's really important, and you know and you know we'll be hopefully we'll be making the right decision. So. That that was that was a big week, so that's why we you know we were not doing our po- podcast on our regular schedule. So, but now we're back, Leon, and there's been a lot in the news uh, since uh, since we've been off doing personal things. Can we talk a little bit about John Edwards? Please, uh, you know I don't think we've had a chance to talk about John Edwards. Speaking, really. I've been going off on the Chaos Chronicles about this trial. <laughs> I've been fascinated by it. Yes, I mean it is just I mean. Is he? Is there anyone more despicable? Probably yeah. Andrew Young. Maybe that. Maybe his uh, his assistant Andrew Young may be more despicable. I mean that he actually used a lot of the money to build a house, and I found out he also got um, he got new veneers for his teeth with the the money from Bunny Mellon. Did you know that? No. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. I mean, you, this stuff you can't write it. I mean, these people are so awful. And their yeah. hubris is so tremendous. You can't write a character like this and have it be believable. And yet here it is, playing out on TV. It's excellent. Right. So so, so he has the mistrial. And he and John Edwards is out there yesterday, you know, say, uh, saying he's, he did wrong, even though I don't really believe he's the least bit sorry. But the part that I'm so mad about is not that the, that the, the uh, Justice Department didn't prevail. I mean, I think the jury did 
you know, did a fair job with, you know, with their, you know, with the evidence that was presented to them. So you can't fault them. But but the fact that John Edwards dragged his parents, you know, to that trial every day and then made his parents stand up behind him while he was giving that press conference, maybe because we are spent, you know, working so hard with our parents right now, Leon, I just felt like you are the lowest of the low. I agree. She'd be up here by yourself. Right. I, your daughter, my hat goes off for, to her that she has found forgiveness in her heart for you and that she is working for your defense. But the fact that you like put parade your parents out there, I mean, you because you can't parade your dead wife and right. you can't parade your mistress. So you, you know, you drag out some new, a new set of props to make you look more decent. And that was the, there, you know, that was, all of that is for the camera, TV cameras that he, you know, insisted that his parents be standing behind them. And, you know, it just, it really made me so mad, Liam. It did. That I, I wish I was mad. I couldn't even listen to what he said because I was looking at like his poor, his parents are old. I mean, you know, I mean, it's John Edwards is a grown man. And, uh, I thought, I was, I was as angry and as mad as you were, Julie, because I was, I just thought those poor people, haven't they been through enough with this debacle that they have to stand there? And then when John Edwards said, Oh, God isn't done with me yet. Okay. Well, we're done with you john edwards <laughs> so i think whatever you plan it might it better be some sort of mother Teresa secret thing because nobody else ever wants to cover you again i mean really thank goodness he didn't become president thank goodness he didn't become vice president i know because I know. that whole crowd that whole situation would have just moved to washington i mean andrew young with the veneers everything they'd all be in washington you know, and the wife who said, "Sure, pretend you're the baby daddy of your boss's baby." I mean, it's just crazy. I Those know. people I... were just crazy. I yeah. know, and it, it just—I—I I, I had to watch like CNN. You know, when the verdict came out, I felt like I'd been waiting for it. And even they couldn't make any sense of this. And even they, all the political analysts said his career is dead. Good. Great. He's dead. Let's never talk about him again. Let's never talk about him again. But his poor parents, they have been through it. Well, Julie, I I was fascinated by one aspect of the Edwards case um, in particular because there were two stories in the news this week about people dressing alike. (laughs) And that's not often a trend, a news trend. Right. Matching clothing. I know. Can you hear my dog? I think her mortal enemy is going by. Well, that's okay. All right. It's a live broadcast. Uh, So um, (laughs) she's really worked up. Can you hear? Okay. So the jurors, the alternate jurors in the Edwards case, the four alternates started wearing the same color clothes to court. Yeah. What is. Can you explain this? No. Because I. I thought as the Satellite Sisters, when we were together a lot, we did everything in our power not to show up in the same clothing. (laughs) You would call out ahead of time. You you would, like, indicate, okay, I have magenta today. I don't want to see anyone in that. Or no, I'm wearing stripes, so stay away from that. I mean, what is... What what possesses grown women to go, oh, yeah, let's all wear yellow. I guess one of the alternate jurors, they asked about the clothes saying, Good Morning America, and she said, well, we didn't really do anything. Like, they were not in the deliberations, I don't think, or anything. But so they said, we had a lot of time to talk about fashion, so we just started wearing the same colored clothes. I was like, still a big leap. Still a leap for me. 
You can talk about fashion, but not coordinate your outfits. I, I didn't understand, understand that at all. I, if you're a grown woman and you and your friends enjoy dressing alike, please explain this to me. You can email us at sisters at satellitesisters.com. But then there was this other great story this week about this couple. They've been married for 60 years, but for the last 35 years, they have been wearing matching outfits. Oh, no. No, it can't be, Leanne. Really? <laughs> Julie, you got to see these two. First of all, they're just adorable. Mel and Joey Schwanky. Okay, Mel and Joey Schwanky from Nebraska. And it would be easy to dismiss this as ridiculous until you see them. And they're just so enthusiastic about the dressing together, uh, dressing alike, that I have come to appreciate it. They uh, owned a floral shop for 40 years. So all of uh, Mel is the, Mel's the husband, Joey's the wife. Joey started wearing like floral shirts. You know how once you get past a certain age, apparently all you can buy are floral shirts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what is that? They look nice, Lana. They kind of distract from other areas. Huh? I, I mean, I just know I threw a 50th anniversary party this week, and all the ladies over a certain age were in floral shirts. I was like, oh, I guess that's what people do. So uh, Joey started wearing the floral shirts, and she thought it would be fun to get Mel some matching ties. They did run a florist shop. So the next thing you know, they have 146 matching outfits. <laughs> Wow. I mean, I saw their closet. That's a lot of organization because, you know, these floral patterns, Julie, they all start to look alike. I can, (laughs) having seen Joey's closet, I'm like, they must have to number and catalog the shirts and ties or else it would be hard to tell of all the many purple floral shirts you have hanging up there, Joey, which are the ones. But they have enjoyed it. And now, of course, people expect it. Like now, the expectation that they're going to come in the matching outfits. But every day, I guess, keeps them going, Julie. Keeps, right. keeps them together. Thing. Keeps them dressed up. I mean, it means that Mel wears a tie every day. Joey picks out what they're going to wear for the day. And Mel puts it on. See that? I think that's the key. When the wife starts buying the clothing, then you see that, you know, you see, first of all, the same color palette because the wife is going to pick out things that are flattering on her. So she just keeps buying that for her husband. You Have you never ended up in the same color totally. as your husband? Totally. I mean, more and more now. Like, it's almost yeah. like the law. The longer we get, the longer we're married, like, the more we start to dress alike. Like, okay, Saturday night, and we're wearing the same thing, essentially. <laughs> But see, your husband is colorblind. Yes. So that, that is, uh, so it is definitely your fault, Leanne. Right? In that Because it's not like he is trying to pick out that color uh, to match you. I was skeptical about this until I saw them. And they're adorable. So I have to say I'm all for it. Just one way to keep a marriage together. I, I Listen, 60 years is yeah. 60 years. That's quite an accomplishment. Well, Leanne, I have to bring you up to speed. I, on a previous Satellite Sister podcast, I don't think you were on that one, I talked about how much my sort of my new secret fun show that I've enjoyed watching this season was GCB. I don't know if you ever saw it with Kristen Chenoweth. It's supposed to be about about Dallas, about Highland Park, Dallas. It's based on the book uh, written by um, the ex-wife of uh, Gatlin, um, the country western singer. Oh, and so she was she she was married to him. She moved to Highland Park. Um, she got involved in a, a lot of organizations here, and then she got divorced, and things went badly. So she wrote this kind of thinly veiled tell-all about 
um, Highland Park, University Park, which is North da- uh, North Dallas. So I've enjoyed it just because I enjoy Kristen Chenoweth, but it wasn't renewed. I think a lot of people thought it was over the top, that it was just too much, that, you know, it was too exaggerated. Well, I think not, Leanne, and I have proof because there's a big story this week in the paper about a University Park woman named Patricia Walker who is suing Neiman Marcus. Okay, (laughs) you know, I'm in already. I I, I see this like local lady suing Neiman Marcus. I want to read beyond the headlines. Okay, poor Patricia, Mrs. Walker, was in a car accident in 2007. And she um, she um, she survived it, but she was bedridden for a number of years. So Mr. Walker, in order to cheer her up, went to Neiman Marcus and was working with Mrs. Walker's personal shopper wow. from Neiman Marcus, her, a woman named Favie Lowe. Now, Mrs. Walker was a big shopper at Neiman Walk, uh, Marcus. She uh, she prior to the accident, she spent a hundred thousand dollars a year. <sighs> Neiman- Neiman Marcus. Oh, my gosh. Well, I know. But listen to this. Since the accident, Mr. Walker has spent nearly $1.4 million at Neiman Marcus working with the personal shopper to buy some gifts for Mrs. Walker. Jewels, fur, art, whatever she wanted. Or, you know, he using the um, the personal shopper to select items for the bedridden Mrs. Walker. Well, well, the personal shopper and Mr. Walker started actually having an affair. Okay, so oh there. no, this is like a television show. Yeah, it's like an episode from GCB. That, but uh, so they start having an affair, and the spending starts instead of being a hundred thousand dollars a year. Mr. Walker's now spending two hundred thousand dollars a year. In one year, he spent eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> At Neiman Marcus, buying gifts for Mrs. Walker. Well, while he's having the affair with the personal yes, shopper, who yes. presumably is making the commission. Yes, indeed, indeed. She's, she's good. Money. She is a good personal shopper. That's very personal, <laughs> don't you think? That's a personal touch. Yes, it is. It's extra personal, Leanne. That's uh, yeah, interpersonal. Well, Walker has had to, you know, she has somehow sort of sussed out the, the, that the relationship had changed. She has since divorced Mr. Walker, but she is suing Neiman Marcus because Neiman Marcus, I, I don't shop there enough to know this, but they spoke that they're supposed to have a very generous return policy. Oh, like Nordstrom, he, where you can allegedly return a tire. Right. right, and she wants to return the one point four million dollars worth of merchandise. She said many of the items that Mr. Walker, with the help of the personal shopper, were buying, were you know, were things that she would never wear—dresses, jewelry. So she wants to return it all. You know, uh, there's three years of stuff that she wants to return. Well, apparently, Neiman Marcus is not taking it back. Oh, really? And, And they are not commenting on it. And they feel that their personal shopper had acted within the bounds of, you know, their um, employee handbook. So (laughs) I'd like to get a handle on that employee handbook. That does not seems like it seems like they would have just taken it back to make the story quietly go away. And yet here, here we are all talking about it. I know. I know. So, no, they're not taking the merchandise back. Um, and, uh, again, I'm not really sure having not bought furs and, and high end jewelry at Neiman Marcus, I don't know what the return policy is on those <laughs> items. I would like- imagine though, those are the kind of items that people wear once and try to return. 
Yes. So, so maybe, it's probably a lot tougher to return those than yes. your average pair of blue jeans. Right. right. right? And, I, and I feel exactly, Leanne. And I, I certainly feel for Mrs. Walker. Yes. Here she, she's had a car accident. She's bedridden. Then, you know, the husband has the affair. So she is, you know, sort of lashing out, trying to, you know, recoup some something from this situation. <laughs> but um, apparently Nina Marcus is not having any part of it. So, so oh, well, I miss my TV I show. I know. That's too bad. I, when you get attached to a TV show and then it gets canceled after one season, you really feel gypped. I, I know. know. We were the only ones, apparently, that watched Alcatraz. Uh, so, and that was, had like a, you know, a supernatural component to it. So we'll never know like how the prisoners from Alcatraz kept coming back. We don't know. Julie, I forgot to ask you, have you been watching Scandal at all? Uh, Leanne, I have. I have watched Because <laughs> you are on our First Lady's desk, and that has an awesome First Lady character in it. Yeah, yes, it does. Lynn. Yes. Okay. So. Well, more discussion on that. I mean, it's, and it also is ridiculous plot lines. Yes, like, you know, so ridiculous. Right. But again, I think they all could occur in Dallas. Right. Well, so, again, though, you think it's a ridiculous plot line. And then you think about the John Edwards trial and you go, OK, maybe not. OK, sorry. He was like hiding a woman and a baby and telling people it was his campaign aide that that was the dad. So really not that ridiculous. And then right. the campaign aide who is involved in hiding the baby thinks enough to, hmm, I'd also like some new videos. <laughs> I'm really not happy with my smile. I think I can do better. As a new father, I'd like. <laughs> okay. I know, I know. All right. Well, Leon, I it also, you know, the other uh, my other post is the Royal Watch. And can I can we we have to just talk briefly about some kings and sure, some queens. Sure. Oh, good. It start this week. Um this week, Leon, in Thailand, and you know I have mentioned this. I have cautioned you on numerous occasions, about making any kind of insults, comments about the king of Thailand. Yes, I lived yeah. there for four and a half years, and one of the things that I came to learn very quickly is that the Thai people have an enormous respect, reverence for the king of Thailand and for the royal family. And um, things that might be acceptable in other ca- countries or other cultures are not acceptable in Thailand that you just you have to you have to learn to appreciate and respect the Thais you know their their devotion to their royal family so this week i read in the wall street journal that a blogger um and it kind of made me think of you a little bit but a, a female <laughs> blogger a thai blogger in um she's like a webmaster and she has a blog well she had written some disparaging comments about the king on her blog and they went after her and they were going to, you know, they were threatening her with a with a major prison term. Um, wow. Uh, I mean, so, what were they? Did Were they repeated? Can they can you repeat? Yeah. What was the nature of them? Leanne, they were derogatory to the king. Okay. Yeah. But there's like derogatory, like I, I don't like the shirt he's wearing or <laughs> there's derogatory. Okay. Leanne, um, Leanne, you, you are. Right. OK, you're right. I've learned nothing. I've learned nothing. <laughs> And if you mention that musical, I will not mention the musical. <laughs> Are you singing? No, nope, I'm not. I'm not singing from that musical. Okay. okay. All right. So All right. she is. She was. She was given a suspe- suspended sentence of eight months. This blogger, and I. The, uh, many experts believe that the reason that she was given a suspended sentence because a uh, another Thai national 
um, last year was sentenced to 20 years in prison for a tweet he sent out against the king. Again, that was viewed as a, you know, as disrespectful for the king. And the the Thai man who had tweeted about the king, he went to prison and he died in prison, Leon. Died, okay, in a Thai prison. So I, there, that's why this second blogger may have gotten a little leniency. But it just really, you know, you know, we think that the Internet is all open and you can say whatever you want. You, you know, it is, you know, the sense of freedom. But you also have to realize that in certain cultures, certain things are still taboo. And it doesn't matter whether you say it or you write it or tweet it or blog about it. Um you know, there, there, there could be consequences. Yeah. So okay. I, I worry for your safety. Leah. I'm not sure that's culture. I think, that, I think that's a clamp down, but okay. All right. I won't say anything. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying I, anything. I mean, it's, it's, it's their King. I think you have to, I, I think you have to respect that, that that's just, you know, there it you seems go. like it's a pretty simple thing to do, Leon, not to stay <laughs> away from, from that area, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, can we also talk about the queen that's in the news? And that is Queen Elizabeth. That is, uh, she's celebrating, of course, her diamond jubilee, 60 years on the throne. And, you know, I've been thinking about her a lot this week, uh, Leon, is that, you know, she is, uh, she's really done kind of a very fine job, even though she had a little rough patch there with Princess Diana. Right. And, uh, and that was not her finest moment in terms of responding to her sudden death. But you have to say something for her that for 60 years that she has sort of carried on as queen in a fairly dignified fashion. And I think considering the rest of her family, it's just a complete disaster. Exactly. And really, I think maybe her greatest accomplishment from my point of view is that she has kept that son of hers off the throne and therefore (laughs) kept Camilla from from, you know, an even more important and visible position in the royal family. So I thank her for that. And I just pray that in all of her royal wisdom, she decides to just hang in there long enough for William and Kate. Wouldn't you Is want- that what happened? What happens? I, 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 what I mean, what I, can happen? Does she get to decide who gets the crown next? I think, well, she's the queen, don't you think? No, I, don't, I know, but sometimes there's these secession things that are, I, I don't, does the queen well, decide? I don't know. I don't, well, I, think I reject said, royalty on all fronts, so I don't know. We've said many times at Satellite Sisters, royalty is ridiculous. Yes. It is, it's just ridiculous, you know, that royal blood, just think about it. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But, but I think <laughs> if she decides, if she says to her son, no, no, you are not going on the throne. I am going to put William and Kate on the throne. What, what's what's Charles Charles going to do? I mean, I don't know. Maybe our British it's, listeners, it's, could, maybe someone who actually knows, could weigh on his polo horse and ride around and <laughs> stomp around with his mallet. I don't know, Leon. I mean, what's he going to do if she decides that you know she you know she wants to move to the next generation? Which I am just hoping you're all you're all for. Why don't you tweet about that? Just maybe start a Twitter campaign for that. See if yeah, well, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Again, you know, I, you can. I, I think we can make disparaging comments about Charles and Camilla. That's not against the law. I don't feel like I'm disrespecting British culture because I, I do. I have a great deal of respect for Queen Elizabeth. That uh, 
that she has endured, you know, and that, uh, that you know. It's very British, isn't it? Just yeah. that endurance alone gets you a certain amount of respect. Yes. Right? Yes. Right? That's that's their thing, enduring. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you have planned for the weekend, Jill? Anything? Well, actually, Leanne, we have, I'm doing a little surprise birthday party for three-year-old grandson, um, Benjamin. Oh, all right. He's going to be away this summer. He is going to visit his grandparents, uh, his other grandparents in Kyrgyzstan. And so he'll be away for his actual birthday party. So we are going to do a little surprise family birthday party on Saturday night. So I'm. Do you have um, a theme? Uh, you know, he's really into dump trucks and, uh, bigger. <laughs> so I think that's going to be the theme. I'm, I'm, I was thinking of doing some kind of table arrangement with, you know, a big cement truck and a digger, things, you know, toys that he, you know, really likes. He likes all things to do with construction, cement mixers, dump trucks, you, you name it. He, he, you know, he likes it. So that I thought I thought that would be the best way to go. You yeah, know? that that is, it's a no fail party. Just yeah. in like, does he have like a sandbox where he can actually dig too? Is good. Yeah. Well, get Lynn. one of those cheap pools and fill it with sand. Oh, Lynn, good idea. And then oh. you know, put the trucks in there so he would. Okay. It's like one because he's going to want to use them right away. <laughs> and I know you have some new landscaping in the backyard. You might not want him to use them on the new landscaping. Okay, cheap pool with sand, Lynn. Excellent idea. You're taking my party to okay. a whole new pool. Okay. Well, we did throw the 50th wedding anniversary party last weekend um, in the middle of like revamping the website and and, and painting your kitchen and yeah. your family room. Which the pictures, if you haven't been to Chaos Chronicles, Oyster Land, I love it. I love, love it. That. And I love you that. know, I have to say, this was a top-notch Land Barrick production. I mean, we really pulled out all the stops, Julie. The house looked as clean and as good. As it's ever going to look. Uh, you know, the table decorations, I did just enough. I rented the tables. We had 16 people. I made all the Barefoot Contessa food. Uh, it was just, at, I had my nieces make goodie bags and coordinating colors. Oh, and we yeah. really, we wanted to make it special. Because again, enduring 60 years for the queen, 50 years of marriage without matching clothing, it's a wonder they got there. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. Yeah. Wearing totally different outfits, but um, it was really it was really fun. We just had mainly family, and a couple of their closest friends came, and it was very warm. And you know what I did, Julie? I did not, even though I knew my mother-in-law would probably have preferred me to write no presents. I didn't write that on the invitation. It was my party. I was inviting people because presents are nice. And I think after 50 years, you deserve some presents. Yes. And one of the nicest parts of the party was just some people just brought cards, but even having them read the cards aloud, that was a really nice moment. And unwrapping the gifts, that was really fun. So you see the no presents on a lot of invitations these days. I have to say, presents are good. So, make sure Benjamin gets some presents to open oh, this oh, don't I'm that, sure you will. That I mean, at three, that, that he is, you know, the elements of a birthday party that he appreciates are presents and ice cream cake. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. But I think you bring up a good point, Leanne, about even when it's just a family celebration, 
sometimes it's very nice to go the extra mile and really do it up and, you know, tablescape and make it make it extra special. So um, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it, it really, I'm glad we did that. It was totally worth it. I got the kitchen painted in the deal. My husband <laughs> did that. I mean, when he finished at like five o'clock Saturday night and I was like, okay, now I need to start cooking for Sunday. But um, everything looked great and it was really fun. I think it added to the specialness of the party. So, and uh, as my sister-in-law, Mary famously said, when she gave my parents 50th wedding anniversary, she said, at some point, like all you ever go to are family funerals. So you have to celebrate like the positive things in life. So I'm really glad we did the party. And then I just got a really nice thank you note from my father-in-law too, which was very sweet. Oh. Addressed to me. I think well, like that. And, and well, it should be, Leanne. <laughs> and well, it should be. So I hope you get to take this weekend off and just go to 18 soccer games. And, no, and Jewel. Oh, SATs. Here we go. SATs this weekend. Okay. Okay. I know. <laughs> I know. It does. I know. I know. And all it took was one of my friends to say, "Oh, he's taking them there. Oh, they don't have enough check-in people. I know some kids last time that got there by seven forty-five, but they weren't checked in by eight. They couldn't take the test. And I was like, "You were getting up at six <laughs> That's all you need is a little more stress the morning of an SAT. Yeah, good. That's good. That's good. The stress comes for the test taker. So, all right. If you haven't been to the new Satellite Sisters website, please go check it out. Uh, If you haven't checked out our Stitcher Radio app and you're looking to sort of expand your podcast horizons, that's a great place to start. It is free and easy to use. There's also a page on the Satellite Sisters website that tells you all the ways you can listen to Satellite Sisters from our own apps to iTunes to Stitcher to right there on the website. Couldn't be easier. I also want to mention over at Chaos Chronicles, I reposted a couple of interviews with authors. We did a couple years ago. Authors who were good friends of Satellite Sisters and they were in the news this week. Um, Claire Cook has a new book coming out and so we did a fun interview with her a couple years ago. That's over at Chaos Chronicles. And then Jennifer Egan who of course has now run every literary prize known to mankind for A Visit to the Goon Squad. You you picked Jennifer out Early on. Early on. I was, uh, yes, early on. And we talked to her many times on Satellite Sisters. But this week she was releasing her new story via Twitter, Julie, 140 characters at a time. I hope there's no mention of the king. Ah, Jenny, we hardly knew ye. Uh, So um, those are over at Chaos Chronicles. Uh, And remember, you can always email us at sisters at satellitesisters.com. All right, Jill, have a great weekend. You too, Leanne. Thanks. Don't forget, call your satellite sister. 